take a moment and make some chamomile tea and just sort of have one of those ruminating moments, you know, where the, the steam from the tea is rising up and fogging my glasses. And I'm just sort of, you know, thinking back on the year, you know, really, and looking out at the trees and, and the way that the snow is heavy on the branches. And that is the sort of thing I'm talking about. Chamomile tea, everybody. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Yeah, it's the Fizzle Show, and God, I just love the way these guys think about business. <laughs> Whippersnappers. <laughs> Anyways, connecting you to ideas and people that will help you make an independent living doing something that you at least give a little bit of a damn about. Maybe something you care a little bit more about than uh, the uh, TPS report that uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If we were superheroes, he'd be Batman, clearly. Capable, charming, but a little a little distant. Caleb Wojcik on this episode. Professor Xavier, intelligent, bald, goes through your thoughts when you're not looking. Stop it, Caleb. That's cre- Stop it. That's creepy. And me, Chase Reeves. I'd be Wolverine because I weigh a lot and have daddy issues. Thanks for that one. Uh, in this episode, we've got some great resources and uh, some some ideas, some good questions to ask yourself about reviewing last year or this current year that we're in so that we can plan for next year better. Now, wait. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Wait, didn't you guys <laughs> already talk about this? Yeah. In fact, and this is going to be a rebroadcast of most of that conversation that we had a long time ago, uh, but with a few updates and edits. So listen to me. This is it's good. This is the, all the good stuff is in here. This topic is awesome. Okay, what gets measured gets improved, and in this conversation is is our best tips on how to improve your plans for for next year by looking back. At this past year and just, So just listen to the conversation I'm going to be back at the end of it To give you a few updates Some things we learned From doing this pro- this exact process ourselves this year uh, Including our new vision statement Oh yeah, look at our vision statement ah! <laughs> I was supposed to be a bald eagle And it was not It was more like a dying <laughs> vulture Or something um, But most, anyways, most of the nuggets in this uh, episode are going to be in the conversation that we're rebroadcasting here. Stuff like uh, plan versus actual, questions to ask yourself, and big pictures versus uh, like living in the big picture versus in the day-to-day and the challenge between the two. All right, I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. So here's what I would love to do today is I have this dream about like a, a yearly sort of thing where, um, like you, you could look at like I dream about humans on the earth and the seasons and stuff. You know, it's like this is the season for planting and this is the season for harvesting. And oh, in the winter everything dies and hibernates, and then oh, in the summer everything comes. You know, and then I'm looking at like De- December and January as these two months of like December is the last month of the year. You know, good good riddance. 2013 has been super lame um, in every other part of my life except for business, except for Fizzle, which is which is good. I guess 2013 was the year of Fizzle for me, uh, and 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 the year of horror trep- and 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 horribleness everywhere else. But I like to I like to dream of December 
being uh being a like like actually being the me I, what i like to dream of is me being the kind of guy who looks at december in december looks at my life and says hmm how did we do what do we want to do better next year right. you know like this like this post-mortem kind of thing on the year to look at how are we doing so Have you guys ever done stuff like that <laughs> yeah so full disclosure yeah. this this is going to be like the episode about doing year review planning when at least two out of the three of us don't really tend to do it very often it sounds yeah. like yeah. Caleb. Do you do you do year end planning reviews? Yeah, but it doesn't usually stick the whole year. So when I get to December, it's not usually looking back; it's just looking forward. Oh, got it. It's like yeah, it's like screw I, it's like screw whatever happened last year because I didn't stick to my plan. So let's just start with a clean slate and look to next year. Right. Right. Yeah. And part of yeah. the, part of the thing is like, is a full year even worth planning out? Right. Or That's should a good it be question. Like shorter than that? Wait, why wouldn't a full year be worth planning out? Because how how often are you going to like stick to the whole year? You know. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. That makes a lot of sense. I, that's that's like as we're doing plans for fizzle and stuff. I'm I'm constantly worried about that. Like I can easily plan three months and I can commit to three months. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, thinking twelve months, it's like we're going to learn so much in that time. How are we possibly going to stick to a plan after we've learned how wrong we were about that plan? But maybe we get better as we get older and we and we learn less or something. I don't know. But like, I love the idea of, and I, I, this is something that got into my head during uh, the founder story that I did with Chris Johnson inside Fizzle, uh, who is still the most uh, masterful sales guy I've I've known at all. I he sold you at last least. night. He sold me. Hey, he sold me. Um, he sold me a bridge too. <laughs> sold me this wonderful bridge. Where does it go? Uh, do you know that that joke, like the uh, the person a bridge thing? No, tell me. It's, it's not even a joke. It's like a, a saying. Yeah. It, you can't really sell someone a bridge. It, it's a, it works really good when you have to explain it's it. It's a really good joke <laughs> so far. <laughs> that, it's, it's, I guess you had to be there. No. Yeah. The I bought the bridge though. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it. So uh, he, he started talking about how he does a postmortem on every, uh, every project with his team. Okay. What do we do? And then half the time it's just really quick, you know, was there any red flags? Was there any this, that, and the other? Cause he's always looking to improve his process. Yep. Um, and and I just I admire that it's very it's very different than what my sort of natural inclinations well, are. Well, and which, his but his, the projects he's talking about are sort of of a repetitive nature because they're client projects, yeah. so they all have a similar yeah. structure, right? It, totally, yeah. totally, absolutely, and it's just different than my uh, you know my nature, which is typically you know my my regular uh, whatever run of the mill nature is something more like a. Oh! I'm so excited about all this stuff. I want to go try this other stuff over here. Oh, look at that. Look at that over there. I'm tired. I'm not feeling very good. I'm sick. Oh, let's go to this over there. Let's go to the let's try that over there. I'm feeling so great. Oh, you, know? you speak and then, the truth. And that doesn't really yes. fit on a spreadsheet. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't, actually. I, yeah, every spreadsheet I try to put that on, it's just... It definitely it, doesn't fit into a sauna. No, it doesn't. It's, not, it's way too hot in the sauna. Yeah. So, um... So uh, I just I like the idea of like okay I would like to, I would like to get better to look at and in some ways like I have this dream of de- taking December off completely and putting and making a book every year that's like of all the uh, the best photos the best blog posts best writings journaled sort of whatever stuff code commits for fizzle things like that that's just like hey here's 2013 because code commits the- are really exciting. 
But you know, you know, like what if you just had? Imagine like a, a hundred page book, and one page is just like listing off a bunch of our code commits uh, and the things that we're saying there. Like another CSS fix, a little little CSS fix for this, that, and the other. Updated to this, that, you know, like all those little things. You'd probably look at that five years from now and be like, "Oh my god, that's right, we were using the Tower app and we we're doing this, that." You know, like I think it would be kind of, I don't know, it's sort of special to me. Sounds yeah, like a bestseller. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be a home no, it's run. It's not something to sell. It's just like a, it's just like an archive. But I love this idea of looking back and saying, because partly it's like, oh my god, look how far we've come. You know, part of it is just because that's not natural for for most of us is to realize to go from nothing to having a website up, even if nobody's ever been to the website, it's still a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to look at the achieve the things that you've done and be able to say, you know what, that was great. I'm glad I did that. Uh, I'm proud of myself for doing it. To be able to honestly have those those feelings and, and say those things and, and have that realization that you did something. And then maybe there's also things to learn. Like, uh, wow, I really spent way too much time designing the site and not enough time writing the content. Right? That's something right. I could I could learn from. Um, and and once you once you you don't learn that unless you look back at that thing. You know. Yeah. Um, so part of me is like hungry for that experience. Now you, Corbett, you mentioned that Chris Gilbo does stuff like this, right? Yeah, I mean, some people seem to be really good about this. Um, <clears throat> and you know, in my in my own, uh, just kind of looking back on my past several years, I do this as well. I tend to do it more often than once a year. I kind of, anytime we get through like a big launch, a big push that we do, then I tend to have a couple of weeks of like exhausted downtime and then kind of start doing some more long range planning. Um, but I also know that around February or so, when I'm down in sunny Mexico, sitting around a pool somewhere, I tend to get That's sort nice. of introspective and start to think about like the future. Um, yeah. In fact, the the whole fizzle, the the whole idea for fizzle came about. Um, you know, Caleb and I were having conversations a couple of years ago, and then I had just a long stretch where my parents were in town, and I had afternoons to kill around the pool, kind of quasi entertaining them and uh and with my iphone taking notes and just kind of started brainstorming the full fizzle thing and we actually came pretty close to what those initial notes look like but that's just a good time for me so i don't know if you need to necessarily pigeonhole this into the end of the year just because that's when it fits yeah, the totally. calendar yeah because you know we're all pretty damn busy around the end of the year but on the other hand, maybe you do have some downtime because the in-laws are in town and, you know, you're kind of sitting there sort of in front of the TV watching football or whatever and you have some time to kill in the afternoon. Like, that might be a good time to do that. I think, um, I don't know if this still happens, but what Chris Gillibo does is he goes away for a week, locks himself uh, away by himself in a cabin somewhere and spends the week looking back on what happened and then planning out the next year, which is pretty cool. Um, to be able to do that if you have that kind of time and luxury. Yeah, yeah and, and that's the thing. I mean, there's no there's no real like tips and tricks to this thing besides like go some go spend the time looking back, write down what you accomplished. Like what are the things you accomplished? What are the things that you learned? Like this is something that that we could do. Like we you, you could go listener, you could go and just just lock yourself in a room for a day and write down what what did I accomplish this year? And you could also write write down what are the things that I learned? And just write down what came to mind. You're, you're going to miss something, whatever, fine, right? Just write down what comes to mind. And then just look at that. And then it's like, okay, have a deep breath, acknowledge, and get ready for the next thing you're going to write down, which is like, where are we going next year? You know, and I think that our, our, 
I think that when we are more realistic about where we what we've accomplished in a year, we we might be able to make more plans. That's my hunch. That's my hypothesis. Or not not make more plans, but make better plans. Plans that we're more likely to stick to. Instead of like these big crazy things, like we're more specific, measurable, like actual realistic outcomes, which to me, I, I mean, I just, I was on a plane recently. I've been on a lot of planes recently. And you know that like plane brain thing? Have you guys experienced yeah. that? Yeah. Oh God, I love that. Oh my God. You guys, I have so many notes about our business that are, it's just like I've made way too many, made, wait, I've made way too much work for us just sitting on planes writing in my notebook and just like drawing things, you know? But you have this insane ability, like, like in some moments, um, you, like when you're stuck on a train or, or in a plane or something like that, or when you're, or, or, I was looking for more like, uh, or when you're drinking champagne, <laughs> or when you're, or when you're back's in pain, or when, I don't know. But mostly when, on a plane. <laughs> but mostly on a plane. Um, it's something about that, like you can't connect to the internet, like you're stranded and stuck with a bunch of people in a metal tube careening through the universe like a horrible like Stephen King novel or something. Um, and you have this weird moment where your brain just starts opening up and connecting dots that I, that you wouldn't have connected before. And in some ways, that's what I imagine the postmortem to be like, to look back. And <laughs> as I'm looking back and seeing those things, yep. I'm, I'm immediately going forward and 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 thinking through, okay, so what am I going to do this year about that? Like, well, we didn't, we only wrote this, wrote this many posts, or we only had this many stats, I don't know, enter statistic here, I don't know those things, but we only had this, that, and the other, so so maybe in order to do that next year, what we got to do is X, Y, and Z, because that's, to me, that's the point of the postmortem, is the future planning. You know, the whole point of it is, how do we make next year, how do we do it even better? Does that make any sense? Yeah, and what I was saying about not actually going back and looking at what i planned in january like to me it wasn't important what i planned it was more important to look at what i did looking back at the year so i might set the plan at the beginning of the year but i don't really go back and look at it um at the end of the year i just look at what i did and then use that to plan next year yeah and that's another thing is like looking at the plans that you made and then like it's projected versus actual right or forecast versus actual so i i rarely do uh, i rarely look back and actually consider what I did over the past year. I don't know. Maybe this is like, maybe this is self-denial or just sort of denial or something. Yeah. But yeah. to me, it's kind of water under the bridge. Um, and I, I think like Chris Johnson's right. There are things that you can learn from that, obviously, from the past year. And I should probably care more about that. I'm always looking into the future, though. And I'm always excited about the things that could be. And I think when you think about the future, it's always tempered by, you know, what you implicitly learned from what happened or didn't happen over the past year just kind of the constant narrative that's running through your mind about how well you're doing about the things that you had planned but no i don't actually compare the two so do you guys think that we could uh maybe just live on the air here do a little bit of look back on what we did for fizzle over the past year and what we want to do for the next year Sure. Yeah. Let's just let's keep it light and, and crisp, so that maybe I'll try to find things that people can actually apply to their own. Business <laughs> right. Exactly. Moment, yeah. You know? Not not all about us. Mostly, it's about you, listener. But less, but, um, less self indulgent prattling <laughs> from back from episode one. Right. Too much self indulgent yeah. prattling. Um, one that makes you grow hair on your palms, right? Yeah. No, it makes you go blind. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> do we? I don't think that we really. I know that we had a lot of ideas about what we wanted to do over the past year, 2013, but did we ever formally write stuff down? Not for an annual thing. We did a 
we did sprints back then a little bit better than we do now i would say now we're looking long term but then it was just like okay yeah. we need to get all these things done in two months let's do them. yeah yeah and yeah, I, it was really it was every two weeks it was every every two week was like okay we gotta get this done by next week you gotta get this one done by the week after um and because it really was we were like just building the house while we were sort of living in it and uh which is different than like okay most of the house is there where is this thing going in the future uh it, it is an important point i think this is two different things to plan right you going know? going into the beginning of this year too well it was the end of september we launched alpha and then beta came out in the middle of november middle of january was public and so every two months we were releasing something big and so that's yeah that was the structure we were on for a while there so we kind of carried that through this year yeah, yeah I, I feel like we um our strategy planning process kind of involves whenever we're all together in the same place we usually have like an afternoon where we get to go out and talk about big picture stuff and then we have like individual conversations about big picture stuff and then we kind of like send each other these big strategic emails once in a while, like about, Hey, you know, it'd be really cool if over the next year we tried to do this and this, and we kind of just like throw straw men out there to see what they look like. And then Mm -hmm. those things do actually happen eventually over time. Like once we say something and we all are kind of like, Oh yeah, yeah, sounds good. Then we kind of start marching in that direction, even though we never formally sit down and say, well, in Q2, we're going to do this and Q3, we're going to do that. We kind of know that because if you think about last year, you know, basically we had the big goal to launch fizzle and to grow it to a certain size, which we can, we can talk about in a little bit, whether or not we, we actually accomplished that. We talked about how many courses we wanted to create, we talked about bringing our brands together in terms of um, Think Traffic and Fizzle and everything else that we had going on. And then we talked about launching the podcast. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else that was really big on the on the radar that we haven't gotten to yet? No. Well, we also think, put Startablog that matters inside of Fizzle. That was another thing we wanted to that do. That was another one of the big oh, ones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think it, for, for me, thinking about it, going back there, it was just like, all I saw was like this deadline on this course and I was just trying to make it really good between here and there, you know? Um, and at the same time, like you're just like sprinting on, on designing and, and coding up stuff as, as quick as possible to get, to get it out. So I don't know. To me, that's kind of a big, big takeaway. I think from this is that the difference between um, planning something in a two week sprint kind of mode where you go, okay, this two weeks we're going to do this. And then you check in in two weeks and okay, did we do it? Yeah, we did it. So let's go to the next two weeks and like going, you know, just basically one step at a time like that versus, um, and or just realizing that that's how we needed to be in the beginning. You know, that's exactly what was right for us. Yeah. Uh, because it allowed us to, like we said, like build the house while we were living in it. And now that most of the walls and ceiling are up and there's still a few leaks and things that we know we want to plug. We get to ask, okay, like, what is the the grand plan for this property? Now that we actually have a roof over our head, you know, um, I love how many me- metaphors I'm mixing here. Yeah. Um, but uh, but now that now that this thing's actually it is a something, it's not the idea or the or the beginnings of a something. It is a something. That's a different kind of plan. It's a different kind of planning. Uh, and to me, that that's kind of instructive. I did, I wasn't really thinking about it that way before because I realize now how much. I don't want the two-week plan. I want to get our heads straight on a long-term plan because it's time for it, – it just feels so right for for where this business is at for that. And that's just kind of – I don't know. That feels like a, a new, new insight if, for me. I wonder if, like, theoretically, if we can talk about, like, the 
what's the benefit? Why do we plan like that? Or why do we feel like we need to plan for the next year? What's the point of that? What does that buy us? Yeah. Yeah. And in some ways, what it makes me think of is like the, like the, uh, like the Leo Babautis stuff about goals or, or, you know, he's not the guy who invented that stuff. I mean, Alan Watts goes back and talks about like, if you're always trying to get somewhere, you know, if your whole life is about achieving something, then you're never going to be there because as soon as you get there, you're already wanting to achieve the next thing. Right. You know? Um, and, and in some ways it's it, yearly planning can be like that where you're just setting up some things to accomplish. And then you get there and you're like, why, you know, or, and that's the best case scenario is you get there and you're like, why? <laughs> As opposed yeah. to you get there and you don't even realize that you've already set your goals in your horizons further out and, and I further think out and further out. And so you never get it. I think that's kind of what Caleb was getting at about, okay, I sit down and I set the goals for the next year. But then when I go back a year later to review them, I don't really worry about what the plan was because the plan changes so quickly um, yeah. that it's not really worth beating yourself up because you didn't stick to that plan when, you know, three months after you created it, you had new information and decided to pursue something else. But, yeah. you know, the other, the flip side of that is if you do look at that plan, did you deviate from it because you had new information that was better or did you deviate from it because you don't have any self-control and you weren't able to sit down and actually try to accomplish the things that you knew you should have worked on um, and instead just pursued something that was more fun? And is there anything wrong with that? Yeah, and to me, it was always just something more fun. And we almost always choose our next project and our next sprint or our next big task that we're all going to accomplish together based on what we all want to do, what we're most excited about. Because when we have excitement, we have energy to finish it faster. And that's why we launched the Sparkline before we were going to because we had another project in mind. But, you know, we all got gung-ho about it and we just got it done and you just sat down one Friday or Saturday, I can't remember, and you'd already done a bunch of work on it, Corbett. And so, all right, you know, the ball's rolling, let's just do it instead of, you know, putting it off and doing this other thing first. And partly that's, that's just the power to me, that's the power of momentum. And I, and Mm -hmm. I see this with us as a team. It's like when we get together and we're really excited about something, this tremendous amount of work happens in a very short period of time. And I think we need to use that to our advantage from time to time because it's easy when you have this like kind of ongoing stasis of, okay, we need to work on this and we need to work on that, but it's this like long thing that's going to take us six months to finish. It's really easy to kind of get lost in the middle of that. Oh, and totally. Yeah. Get in that like funk where you're like, nah, I don't really want to work on this. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's a combination, I think, of having the self discipline to get that stuff done that takes a really long time versus, looking for those momentums, those like little rapid section, you know, when you're, when you're cruising in a, in a, in a boat or whatever, looking for those little sections Mm. that can get you somewhere really fast and fun. Yeah. Cruising in a boat. Yeah. Let's take this metaphor on the water (laughs) from land now. Let's let's go full circle and get to (laughs) air soon. You guys, you guys know how, how I tend to come up with really shit metaphors like, um, about like, talking about wacky stuff and what was the one about <laughs> about what'd you say about like how many toes i have or something chase yeah that was, i think that was my example on really wacky tell me something really wacky i have i have something that uh somebody just left a, a review about fizzle on here let me let me pull this up real quick this is good it reminded me of our wacky stuff um, oh god we are such wacky guys <laughs> we're such wacky guys so this guy <laughs> this person said that 
so silly. This person in a review on iTunes said that the podcast gives me life. Seriously, it's like an eargasm, which is cool. I love that part. Um, However, (laughs) uh, he or she, I'm not sure, this is Indigo504, said that it's the perfect balance of smart business, practical application, and off-the-wall tomfoolery that I need to (laughs) keep me motivated and focused. I love oh, it. I love it. The wall now that is wacky. Now that is wacky. That is so wacky. <laughs> <laughs> oh golly. So <laughs> okay. So what I hear you saying is, look at this long term thing. But you know, and it really resonates with me the idea of like those two week sprints because when you're looking at it like a long term thing, you don't even know where to start. You know, you really have to do the work to break it down into those those week long or two week long sprints. But now, but then once you know, like, I, I also have this idea that, like, you know, planning out a year. I mean, if we were to try to plan out last year or this past year, right, we wouldn't have stuck to the plan at all because it was developing so much. It was it was evolving as we were making it and shaping it based on who was in there and what feedback we were getting and all sorts of stuff like that, right? But now we 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 have a little bit of maturity in this we know what it means to write a blog wait for four blog posts a week and four podcast or or rather four blog posts a month and four podcasts a month and as well as a course on fizzle and a founder story in fizzle every month like we know what it means to do this is our job you know and and we have a lot of notes on what what those things we are that we want to make you know, so in some ways, it's a little less surprising. So there's a little less evolution and a lot more development and going deeper on what it already is. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, but I think that you're shortchanging, you know, how our last year went a little bit because, no, we don't necessarily, or we didn't necessarily have the like forethought to plan out every week necessarily, but we did just list out like five big initiatives that were kind of on our radar and that we did accomplish. And we can't think of any other big initiatives that we didn't necessarily get. So, um, so I, I think that we did do that. You know, there's this whole, there's this ideal strategic planning process for a business. I think that you can lay out, which is, you know, you come up with the, the, the mission and the vision for the company. You have your ideal customers, you have this plan for how you're going to help them and then maybe you sit down every year and you do this kind of long range what are we going to get done over the next year and what are we aiming towards over the next three to five years and then maybe you revisit that every six months and then you know on a week-to-week basis you're kind of like picking off little projects from that six-month plan laying them out working on them for the next month or so and then weekly kind of reviewing what am i doing this week and all that kind of stuff and when we're sort of moving that direction but on the other hand, like you have to be pragmatic as well, um, and all of a sudden that whole picture, that whole ideal gets shaken up like an Etch-a-Sketch once in a while, and we're like, all right, all hands on deck, let's tackle this big project. And I don't want to throw that out because we get so much done on those little sprints yeah. because we're so excited about yeah, it that I think totally. they kind of both have they both have validity. And this is, I guess, what we're getting at is something that we call the company operating system. This is something that um, we've heard a lot of other founders talk about, Ryan Carson and some other people. It's kind of like if you imagine that your computer has an operating system and that's just kind of what guides how it works and how you interact with it, our business has an operating system. And really that's how do we figure out what's important to us, how do we figure out what we want to work on, and how do we get stuff done on a week-to-week basis. And we're kind of evolving that right now. But I think we are, Chase, getting more mature in that process now than we ever have been. Yeah, no, it's interesting the balance between the between the 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 sprint view and then the long term plan view. 
You know, and really, yeah. you've kind of owned the long term plan for us this whole past year, Corbett. Because um, I remember you, like, you would be like, you know, one of the things on the list is to do this, that, and the other. So I remember when you brought Start a Blog That Matters into Fizzle, I was just surprised that we were already doing that. But you would have that on your list for a long time. Yeah. You know, and you're like, no, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to get it done. Um, and, and so that made a lot of sense that, that, there were, that those five things lived on a list somewhere. I just ended up not seeing them very much. Because I was always like designing this thing or making that video or editing this or it was it always felt very minutia uh, to me and now I'm kind of like coming out of the minutia a little bit to to create a plan but then I know the in order to get that big stuff done is you have to come right back down into the minutia it's yep. about shipping a, a video next week you know that's what it's about well it's that balance uh, of not CEO and worker yeah. B mode that you talk about in your productivity course in fizzle totally yeah yeah I that's mean, exactly you, what you it have is to step back and look at what you're going to do otherwise when you're spending all this time working you're not working on the right thing so and once a year probably isn't as frequent as you need to do it but with the end of the year and everyone talking about it everyone just tends to do it at that time yeah absolutely yeah it's that okay so that's 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 looking at our our past our our past year okay let's let's zoom let's zoom out from from fizzle co for a little bit um just because we're, we're starting to have we're turning this into, into like one of our threesome meetings about physical. totally 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 um, and, but I, so, I think this is good for people like to think about the the balance between the big picture and then the you know day-to-day and you really if you're the ceo or if you're the entrepreneur or if you're in a small three-person company there's this constant you know having to jump from the thirty thousand foot view down to staring at my feet and wondering how i'm going to take yeah. the next step you know yeah, and it's totally. tough. I mean, it, it kind of, it's fun to some degree, but it's also tough to go back and forth and to feel comfortable with the whole thing. Because when if you're just working in a company, a lot of times, you know, what you're working on is just handed down to you from management, and you don't yeah. have to question it. And in some ways, that's an easier mental model to live within, which is, okay, all I have to do is the things that these people have told me I should be working on instead of yeah. the sky's the limit, there's a whiteboard in front of me that's blank, and every day I have to fill it out and then erase it and then fill out like how the big picture that I just wrote down is going to actually get implemented. Right, and I don't know yeah. how your guys' jobs were, but when I worked at Boeing, your annual review was, you know, you writ- you wrote down things you were going to do that year, and if you did them, then you got your raise, pretty much. And if you did them above and beyond, you got a bigger raise. And if you didn't yep. do them, you got less of a raise. And so it was like, oh, I only need to do these things. You know, you could think like that if you really wanted to, instead of how you just explained it, which is, okay, it's a whiteboard. These things are maybe the minimum, and you should do way more than that. Especially yep. when you're working yeah. for yourself. You can push yourself. Totally. Yeah, Totally. Yeah, I know it's it's it, it's interesting, and that, that brings up this this stuff of like when you're working for yourself, you know, because it's true. Like I was I was talking to you, Corbett, recently. It's like part of me like wants like someone to be able to say, uh, "Hey, you guys didn't make this deadline for that blog post." That means I don't know some sort of consequence. You know, we don't have anybody to give us those consequences besides ourselves. But we have you know, each all other, we have which is, our, is you know, it's yeah, a little bit. and it, that's super helpful. You know, because because we all, we, Caleb, you and I both know that Corbett can be a real horrible person when you like slide on a deadline or something like that. So, because yeah, dear listener, you should know that Corbett's like really like he's like the he's like the angry dad. Like yep. the, he's stern, he's stern. He might be an alcoholic. Um, well, yeah, very that's very true. very sort of graven face, grim. It's very grim with Corbett, you know, and so it keeps us on track that way, which is great. You know, it's it it's it's a dysfunctional family. 
but it's a family is the way I think about it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, he sure, emails, I'm sure Caleb, you, you know, feel the same. He emails letters that are like cut out of newspapers and magazines and stuff. So you don't know. It's yeah, lots of that. Him, lots know? of lots of. If you don't finish this, then you know, kiss your wife and kid goodbye and stuff like that. And I am excited <laughs> to see them again. Um, I, it's been so long since they've been uh, in your some sort of. He has like an underground dungeon, water park sort of thing. Apparently, it's really fun. But um, he is great that way at keeping us on track. <laughs> Good talk, guys. Good talk. <laughs> but good talk. But no, but truly, though, this idea, this this keeping yourself on track, like, it's tough. It's hard, especially when you don't have any sort of feedback mechanism. Like, I remember when I was trying to do uh, the the design thing as a, as a uh, freelancer early on, just making cold calls and writing emails and trying so hard to get sales, and, and, and I didn't have anybody getting back to me, right? Yep. So I'm not writing blog posts and then having a, a commenter say like, this is amazing, changed my life. You know, I'm not, I didn't have an audience. I didn't have anything like this, but I had to just try to stay the course. And it was so painful. It was so, so, so painful and lonely to do that stuff day in, day out. And then just, and then you end up like, no wonder you get distracted and start spending time on cat GIF websites because you feel like a failure already. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's a real harrowing place to be. I'm glad we're talking about this because earlier today I was kind of, you know, you go through this process of um, when we do these big sprints and work on a project like we did for the past like six weeks, we were basically trying to get the sparkline out the door. Um, Afterwards, there's always this lull that happens. We've talked about this before. It's kind of a hangover, an after project hangover. And you start to feel like you don't know what the hell you're working on. And you get in this kind of like you're kind of down for a while. Um, and you know, I think the answer to that is to do the long range planning, you know, to take a minute because you're not, you don't have anything right in front of you that you're really excited about getting done. And you kind of just jump from one little project to the next for a while and the ongoing stuff that you're always working on. And you don't feel like you have any direction. And I think the antidote to that is really just to sit down, buckle down and do the long range planning. And, And we talked about doing that. Um, and I think it's about time for us to do this, and we might as well do it as an end of the year thing. And we started to do that already, obviously. Um, but the the other issue yeah. is the long range planning. You can do that the next year, but that still doesn't tell you what to work on for the next month or the next two weeks, right? Yeah. So you have to break That's that what's down. Hard is keeping it, yeah, keeping those things in check, like the like you said, Caleb, the CEO bit, and then the worker bee bit. You know, trying to come back and forth between those, and there's a constant revision that's happening there. That's that you know when you, when we spent you know the first few months making fizzle I feel like after those few months we chose to work on different things or at least on the same things in different ways because of what it was becoming when we mm-hmm. the things that we had learned and so uh, you know if your if your project is new that's good that evolution stuff's gonna gonna be happening um, and so you kind of want to work that into the process where it's okay for you to think long term about like. And that's why in some ways it was, uh, it's like you can only really commit to the work that you have to do. You can't commit to, uh, you, you can't expect or commit to how people are going to respond to that. You can just, you can say, I'm going to write a blog post every, every week for the next uh, 24 weeks, right? You can say that. You can totally say that. You can't say that I'm going to make a successful blog in the next 24 weeks. Right. You know, uh, but you can commit to doing the work and to do it in a way that, like, you know, for hearing from experts like us saying, do these sorts of things, 
and you're more likely to end up successful than than not. Well, I think you, know? you just touched on something really key there. It's not focus on setting goals or plans for um, outcomes, really. More yep. focus them on things you can do and actions you can take yeah. and things you can make. Yep. And outcomes and metrics you'll reach, like how many subscribers or traffic or sales or whatever, that will come. But don't make that be your annual plan. Make it yep. be deliverables. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 when because for me as a maker, like when I can get my mind down on that mode and realize I'm not, I'm not in control of of whether or not this post gets a lot of shares or whether or not this video gets a lot of likes or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. I'm not in control of that. I'm in control of simply uh, of shipping this thing. And if I can zoom out and say, not only do I have to ship this one, <clears throat> but I've got to ship another one next week and the week after that and the week after that. Right. Yeah. Then it's like, yeah, it doesn't. Then I just do that work. I have to kind of, and then what I guess what I'm saying to someone out there is like, I give you, you have permission to go do that, to just focus on doing the work for a few months and see what, see what happens and see what it's like, A, for you to make that stuff, B, for you to make it day in, day out, C, for you to make it, throw it out into the world and see what sticks, see who comes back and see who starts paying attention to that, if people start paying attention at all. You know, so those all, for, for all those reasons, the looking at things more in terms of what is my job description, what are my requirements that I have, rather than, I don't know, like you said, Caleb, like the out, like you can't plan for the outcomes; you can only plan for the work that you have to do. Yeah, and but, I, it's just crazy making for me, you know. Yeah, I think there's a balance though. Just like we talked about, you have to balance the long range planning with the day to day stuff. I think in terms of your goals. You're right. You can only focus on doing the work. But after you've done the work, how do you know if the work that yeah. you did was good or good enough? Or if and it's heading in the right direction exactly. or if you need to make changes. Yeah. And that's almost like where, you know, when setting goals, I'd say, yeah, don't worry about how many members you get or whatever. Although all of us all have expectations in our mind all the time, which whether or not you write them down on paper, after you launch the thing, if you're disappointed, it means your expectations were higher than you achieved. If you're yeah. ecstatic, then it's the opposite. Yeah. But you know, after you launch the thing, um, the only way to know if you did a good job with that or not is by measuring something, some sort of reaction that other people have, the people that you made this thing for. And it's probably, you know, better to measure the, the deeply, um, subjective, qualitative stuff than it is to measure the just how many, you know, how many people signed up or whatever, because you don't know the reasons that they did necessarily. So, um, how, let's, let's think if, you know, as we're going through this process, we're just kind of talking out loud here. Um, as we're going through this process, I'm talking planning, in my head a lot too. <laughs> as we're planning this process for next year, and people are listening to this, how do you know what the right parameters are for you to use to set your goals for the next year? Like, what what are we going to use? Like, why would we set one goal and not well, another it, one? It's interesting because I'm not really thinking in terms of goals. I'm like what what I've got, got my stuck in my craw is that was do I have a that's craw a thing, yeah, that, that yeah. would have things stuck in it you okay. do now that you live in Portland what I have I have this craw here and what's stuck in that craw is um it, it's not like goals like I, my my future planning stuff is never about like how many members or this that and the other though it should be and and, and that, that we and we I want to get into these things right but really it was a different sort of thing that I came up with recently when when we were thinking through like a publishing calendar for all of the places that we publish things that could could kind of help us think about the all the blog posts and emails and podcasts and courses on one sort of linear view um and we could see you know 
how maybe these can all interact with each other so we can we can work on all of these at the same time in some ways you know what i mean yep. so that the, that the work on one leads into leads into things that we can use in the others um and so thinking about things that way was what it was is that's like a little trick to say like every month let's have a different topic and choose a different guest post guy or gal and 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 now we have we have just a job to do you know, to, to make those posts, to put that together, to figure out our thoughts on X, Y, and Z and fill in those blanks on that month versus kind of like, oh, you're up this week for a blog post, y- you know, where it's like, okay, what do I feel like writing about right now? It just feels like a little bit of a tip or a trick or a hack or whatever for me to add a little bit of like a direction on the kinds of things that we would be doing anyways. I'm just hoping to make it a little more efficient. So when I think of planning, I kind of think through that that's what's inspiring to me about that is it's a little it's a little trick you know it's, it's something that we wouldn't necessarily have done and my goal my hope is that it makes our life easier because we're making all these pieces of content anyways uh, might as well make them sort of fit together like puzzle pieces you know yeah and i think that's the difference between projects versus ongoing work like any of us have both of those right and when you're in yeah. startup mode it's really mostly project work and i think yeah. we're just kind of yeah, getting yeah. to the point now where we're not so much in startup mode so it's a little bit more long range process kind of stuff which both are important you know and and the the day to day work has to get done no matter what and this is just a way to give us some sanity i think to say here's a calendar here's what we know we have to be responsible for every week and then i like that idea of thematically having things that we're going to do um, over the next year, because it just kind of lets us plan ahead a little bit and um, kind of coordinate and make better use of the byproducts of the things that we're already creating, so that when we yeah. create a course for someone or for Fizzle or whatever, we can break that down and use it for a podcast or vice versa or you know however it works out. Well, and then yeah, just and so knowing like, what's coming is a huge mental weight lifted off of your totally. head. So when you're yeah. head down in making a Fizzle course or in writing a post or fixing something on a site and you know, okay, I have everything captured later. It's a huge getting things done model is just capture it all, put it on a list. It's there somewhere. You're not going to forget it. Focus on what you're doing and then worry about that stuff later. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so in th- what we're talking about now is not, not no longer like the postmortem stuff on, on the year. I mean, let, let, let's put a bow on that postmortem stuff. Like looking like the looking backwards. I mean, for me, what I would, what I'm gonna do after I get off the phone with you, honky tonks, is I'm gonna look at the year and I'm gonna say, what did we get done? Uh, what do I, what, what, what can I learn from any of that? I think those are the two questions. What, what have I accomplished and what have I learned? And if I could just kind of, you know, take a moment and make some chamomile tea and just sort of have one of those ruminating moments, you know, where the, the steam from the tea is rising up and fogging my glasses. And I'm just sort of, you know, thinking back on the year, you know, really, and looking out at the trees and, and the way that the snow is heavy on the branches, you know, and I don't just mean that as a visual metaphor. I mean, it also as an emotional metaphor, because sometimes a year can weigh on us like that, like branches weighed down by the snow. And I would like to think that I could have a thought there and see clearly about what I have and have not accomplished. And that is the sort of thing I'm talking about. Chamomile tea, everybody. Thank you very much. <laughs> what I was getting at is just asking those two questions. What have I finished? What have I actually gotten done? What have I accomplished? Right. And what have I learned? And if I could just kind of like take, you know, 
whatever, an hour and some chamomile tea and some weighed down branches and just fill up my little journal about that. Uh, then I can maybe, maybe look forward because the whole point of it is like, okay, it's about moving forward because we can't take any of that stuff back there with us and we can't, we can't fix any of those mistakes in the moment where we're, where we are now. So how do we move forward? Right. Um, because the challenge is these are big, serious business questions at the same time. They're also very like personal, my life, like what it's like to be alive in my skin kind of questions, you know? So Corbett, your questions about what's the point? Of making that plan for the year. Yep. And it like, so, so you, so you make it, so you make it all happen. So what? So what? You know, so what? Are you, are you can, anybody can sit here and make a plan for their next year and then be infatuated with the glittery, sparkly, look where I'm going, what I'm going to accomplish sort of thing. And the, but, but how many of us actually get to say we've answered the so what questions? You know, so yeah, so you have, so you get on, uh, you, you get lots of traffic to your blog. So what? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so you've made a product. Well, so what? Well, yes, yeah, so you you're selling it and you're making some money from it. Well, so what? Well, now I can, I can support my family and myself and I, and I can quit my job. Well, so what? Well, so, you know, it, and it like kind of keeps going. And, it, and of course, it's a little trite to just say, like, these are the things, these are the only things that matter. We're, we're used to hearing people say that a lot. But they're, you know, they're, I guess it, it's a good little check to have in this planning conversation. You know, because I am all for the planning and I am all for the goal setting or the or the figuring things through or saying, I want to make good art. I want to make something I'm proud of. You know, I love that. That's a journey that we humans should be on. But there's also this other thing that I hear you kind of coming up with, Corbett, that's like, yeah, but make sure you also like handle these so what things. Am I right? Yeah. And but the and the I want to create good art or whatever, you know, things that I feel good about. Um, those are really hard to put on a on a actual plan, you know, to yeah, to put yeah. down and say how do you, because how do you know if you've accomplished that, you know? And yeah. I don't necessarily have a good answer for that. I think what we do is, you know, when we when I think about our big high level goals for last year, you know, like for example, wanting to create a podcast, we did that for a couple of reasons. I mean, one uh, we thought it would be fun. That was probably our biggest reason. We thought it'd be fun to get together every week and yeah. and record a podcast, and it would and be boy, a great. Were we wrong. <laughs> and boy, <laughs> and boy, does it suck! <laughs> what a bunch of work. <laughs> um, it totally sucks. No, uh, we. Um, so we did that for that reason. We also did it because we thought it would be a great way to reach people and engage them to give them something that they can uh use right away and and come to trust us because we give them you know useful stuff and then also just to expose people to everything else that we do um the other reasons that we exist as a business so i don't know it, there's everything that we've talked about so far has kind of a yin and a yang a you know a pro and a con or a, a two different sides to it i think in terms of planning for the long term planning for the um you know, the financial health of your business, things like that, but then also planning for the culture of your business and the so what questions, the big picture stuff yeah. that you need to answer. And it's really easy to, if if you watch what other businesses are doing, it's so easy to get sucked into the trap of measuring people based on what you see the outward metrics are, like how much revenue a company's making, how many employees they have, um, you know, how many Twitter followers and email subscribers and all that kind of stuff that people have, but you have no idea what their so what questions are versus what yours are, you know, and, and it's really hard yeah. to know. Um, it's really hard to look at other people on the surface and then to be able to make any use of that in terms of your own planning. I think your own planning really has to start with 
what are you in business for in the first place, both from the standpoint of your customers, what you're trying to deliver to them, and then from your own standpoint? Like, why why are you an entrepreneur? What does that mean to you? What sort of life do you want to live, and what do you want to contribute to the world? Yeah. Yeah, and to me, I always yeah, looked no, at what went well and what did not go well. And this is just stealing <laughs> shamelessly from Chris Gillibo. And oh, yeah, the thing totally. we'll link to in the show notes if you go to fizzleshow.co slash 34. But he just has those two categories. What went well, what didn't go well, and then results based on whatever goals he set. And if mm-hmm. you look at those things, and then you're going to see pretty much everything you did in the past year. And I actually write these down in a place that I can see them year after year. So I never do these digitally. I always write them in a moleskin that I use for a lot of different stuff. I think you're of thinking things. of moleskine. 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 Le <laughs> <The> paper. <laughs> the paper, it writes so good. I love her forever. <laughs> it was dark. So very dark. The moon was like my love. I was just waiting for one of you guys to play the music underneath somehow. No, you're going to do that in post, post-edit. Post-production. I loved her, and we we sat on the bridge, and all we did was look into each other's eyes and ate baguettes. It was, it was the best Excuse summer you? of my life. <laughs> Excuse you? All right, keep going, Caleb, though. I like that. Those two questions. I was just saying, I always, I always write it down on paper. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Because then you can see them later. <laughs> Moleskine. Moleskine. <laughs> I like that. I like... What I, what I like about that is I can picture... So here's one of the things I've been doing, right, for the last four years almost, is every idea I have for a blog post or, uh, like, for, yeah, for example, every idea I have for a blog post, I just make a quick note of it in Evernote, just on the go, using the Drafts app. I just, you know, go QSP for Sparkline or QITB for Ice to the Brim, and then the title of the thing and any notes I would I would put together on it, right? And then I just—I've been getting tattoos of my blog post ideas. Yeah, what tattoos? Yeah. Then you don't forget them because everybody knows a blog post is worth keeping forever. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's forever. I thought that's what it was. A blog post is forever. It is right. It is. It is. So, uh, but but what I've realized is after doing like anytime I have an idea that that whole you know getting things done, you capture it, get it someplace you trust it really quick. You know you're going to find it when you need it next. So now I can go into Evernote, and anytime I need to write something for the Sparkline, I just do a search for QSP, right? Find everything for Sparkline that I've ever put together, um, right? So I've been doing this for about four years. It's totally changed the way that I that I work. The way like that idea muscle is is active, and I and I know I'll be able to find these things when I need them and all that stuff. So the question, uh, so what I when I'm anticipating is when I hear Chris Gilbo do that every year. Right, say what went well and what didn't go so well, and what were the results? Like you can almost get the sense of as you're living the year, you're already you know you're wondering what you're going to say about this thing in a few months when the year is over and you're doing your postmortem, your look back. Yeah, right? um, and the dream being that it helps you sort of pay more attention while you're doing it as well in some ways. Right, and you know we actually um, we sort of implemented we we haven't uh, we haven't quite gotten in the groove yet, but. Um, we've been getting into it. That is, every week now as a team, we should tell people we basically on Monday write an email to everybody else on the team saying, hey, here's what's on my mind this week. This is what I'm planning to get done. Um, you know, Here are any special things that are going on. And then at the end of the week, on Friday, we kind of check out and say, here's what happened. Here's what I actually got done. Here's what I'm pushing off till next week. And 
you know, during the week now, I find myself realizing that I'm going to have to recap what I did um, on Friday, yeah. and that changes the way I work on things a little bit. It holds me a little bit more accountable to the picture that I had in my mind earlier. Yeah. Um, and so that might be useful for us for like, you know, an annual planning process to actually write it down and then just lock it away in a folder somewhere, you know, and maybe review it every three months or something. But basically to to review that at the end and then just to ask yourself, if I didn't get something done, again, was it because I was lazy about it and just, you know, was yeah. like, oh, squirrel, there's something else that's more exciting and ran over there. Um, or yeah. is it because I had good information and decided to change the plan kind of consciously? Yeah. No, that's a good point. And if someone doesn't have other coworkers they're working with, that's a perfect thing for a mastermind group to do. Even if you guys don't talk on Skype or Google Hangout every week yeah. or something. Oh, absolutely. At least yeah. email once a week and say, this is what I'm going to do this week. And then if you did it or not. Yep. Yeah, so, absolutely. That, so, that accountability is just, just clutch. So we have um, some good... Uh, we have a couple of people who actually are a little more educated than us about this whole process, right? Some some public resources that people can access. Is that right, Caleb? Yeah. So tell us about those. So tell one us what is, we won, Caleb. <laughs> behind door number one is Chris Gillibo's How to Conduct Your an- Annual Review post, which will be in the show notes. Um and you can also look back each year and see him looking at the year before and then planning the next year. And then at the end of the year, he blogs all this publicly of what he wants to do and what he did. And so it's really interesting to see over the past four or five years how he's grown everything that he's built. He planned it all and he did it all publicly and announced it all publicly, partially for that accountability reason. Uh, another mm-hmm. person that has a good planning um, workbook is Scott Dinsmore over at Live Your Legend. And if you sign up for his email list there, he has a weekly planning workbook. So he has you plan each week at a time instead of each year. So if you'd prefer to not plan super long-term and you want to just do each week at a time, he has another um, good uh, workbook that you can use. And then the third one, to go even more meta, is a daily planning uh, workbook by your friend, Chase Don Don Miller, he has the storyline oh, yeah. planning schedule, which is a daily. Um, yeah, and he actually thing. does that every day. That's his, that's how he, he does it too. Yeah, You've seen it? Like in action. It. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. What do you? What, you, what have you found with it? It's nice. I mean, you, there's only room for three big things each day, and mm-hmm. here some of the things on this one pager basically that you fill out each morning is: if I could live today over again, I'd. And so there's some bullet points there. Things I get to enjoy today. So instead of dreading the things that you're going to do today, things you get to enjoy. Yeah. And then there's a little spot for appointments. And at the bottom, there's space for a to-do list. And then the very bottom is your life theme. So each day, you're kind of writing your elevator pitch out, like we just had in our workshop. At the very bottom of this page, there's only room for two to three projects a day. And the to-do list is down at the bottom. So all the miscellaneous stuff you have to do. Instead of starting out with a piece of paper and just filling the whole thing with things you want to do, there's only a small little section for like 12 things you can do. So you instead just focus on your big projects each day um, yeah, and then go to all the little to-dos later in the day when you have less energy. And we should add, uh, I'll add, Charlie Gilkey has a bunch of different planning sort of calendars and things like that. He he writes at ProductiveFlourishing.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well. And I've used his stuff before. It's really helpful because 
in a similar way that the storyline stuff, Caleb, is helpful. It's kind of like helps you break things up into little boxes and kind of think things through on a week-long schedule. It's kind of nice. Yeah, and all these things are free, so you might have to give up your email address to get them, but other than that. My email, that, address, my email address. It's like selling your soul, right? Yeah, it's like it's selling your soul. Um, and and we should mention to people, yeah, hey, speaking of email addresses, you know, if you're not on the Sparkline email list, we would ask that you would maybe consider doing it. Enter your email. You don't have anything to lose, and you won't want to miss the little gif that I made with, that you get on the sidebar there when you do sign up. It's really cool. It's worth, that's worth like it alone. Plus, you'll yeah, get episodes absolutely. of The Fizzle Show direct to your inbox, which is pretty cool. Ooh. Then you don't have to you know, check Stitcher or iTunes like every minute for the first three hours of your Friday. You can just wait for that yeah. email to show up. Oh, that's good. Well, you guys, I think I've been Chase Wardman Reeves. I'm pretty sure that I have been Corbett Barr, although I'm not positive. And I've been Caleb Logic. Okay, this is uh, present day Chase. This is 2000, end of 2014 Chase uh, back again. Let's talk about some of the updates we've made since then okay so first of all uh this is the exact process that we did in the last week we've been as we as i'm talking right now there's hard drives literally uh cut making copies and backups and sending things up to amazon so they live in the cloud forever like all of us will one day but uh the first thing that all that to say we're in like the throes of like okay let's clean up for the year what did we learn all this other stuff so here's the exact steps that we took so first thing i did was i went into google analytics i went looking at all of the things that we made this year, all of the blog posts and podcasts um, of of all of these things that we made, what performed well? So there's a lot of things that maybe didn't perform so well or just performed mediocre. What are the things that really were the were the outliers? And then we looked at the podcasts, episodes, looking at our stats in both Libsyn and SoundCloud since we switched over to SoundCloud halfway through the year. Um, we looked at blog posts in Google Analytics. We also looked at courses in Wistia. We could see exactly which courses that we've made this year, which founder stories, these long in-depth interviews that we do with people who are who have actually done the stuff. Which ones of those were most popular? Uh, um, and I actually wrote up an article kind of chronicalizing. Chronicalizing? Yes. that's I'm going to stick with it. Chronicalizing this. And I'll put that in the show notes. The most popular articles of 2014 uh, that came out on this past Tuesday. Okay, so first of all, we took inventory. What are all the things that we made this year? And which of them performed uh, above average? And and maybe even better than average. Better than above average. Which, which above average things performed averagely on more light, which I'm not, I'm, it's math and I don't get it. So, but that's what we did. You'll find that in the post in the show notes, uh, which you'll be able to find at a link I'll give you later because it's like, well, I don't want to give that to you right now. Then you'll leave me and I need you. Then, okay, after we took inventory, this is what we did. Um, we created two lists. Based on these two questions that Chris Gilbo, as Caleb mentions in in the conversation, he says, "I just do." I, I, Chris actually goes away to a cabin for like a week or five days by himself, and with a notebook, he says explicitly, "A notebook, not the computer." I write things down because it helps me think more that way about uh, just two questions: what went well, and what did not go well. So we did that same thing. We didn't go to a cabin and we didn't write it into a moleskin, but uh, we, we, co- we collaborated on a Google Doc. Um, and 
I got to say, by the way, it's really helpful to do this with other people. I know that a lot of you out there are doing businesses on your own, but doing a business with a partner or a couple is really, it's great because we all went away, made our lists, what went well, what didn't. We came back and Barrett had things that I didn't have and I had things that Corbett didn't have. And so we get to fill in the picture this way based on the way that we, the different colors in which we see the world. Like I'm more this way and they're more that way. I'm just, I'm kind of like a crazy person and they're like regular people or something. But we did fill up these, these things. And we, like, so here's a couple things from our didn't go well category. All right. We missed our revenue target for, for this year. Um, it took a really long time to get this new feature out called the paths we put a new dashboard uh, together dashboard library paths uh, is a new thing that kind of is like a playlist of courses around a particular uh, objective i want to launch a successful podcast well there's several things you have to learn in there from the intro to podcasting to the advanced podcasting all the way through traffic email and all the other courses that we have we string those together so you know exactly what to, what to do anyways the paths uh, took a really long time to get out. That's that. It, it, it's a long story, but but it took a long time to get out. Uh, another thing we didn't really have. This was one of mine. We did no real movement in other verticals. Like we're we're still just bloggers talking to bloggers in a lot of ways. Uh, it, it, I'll clarify for that for you at some point when we're at a bar having cocktails. Uh, then some of the things in our other column of things that went well. We had great growth momentum in the last three months. We we did a bunch of things and a lot of them worked and we're seeing a, a, a really, really lovely trend after having a pretty poor trend uh, for the months before that. Uh, we've had so much fun at events like WDS and Pioneer Nation, either meeting people uh, and hanging out with you guys, but also just like a, a Barrett, Corbett and me just getting to know each other more and having we work really well in that capacity and it's been fun. We also did some you know speaking and we did an, an a WDS Academy that went really well. Uh, we liked doing that. Um, then finally, the new path feature that we did eventually I- implement is actually really good. People are loving it and it's helping them use our application more. Okay, so that's what we did next. After taking inventory of all the things we made and seeing which did what did good and what didn't, then we make our, another list of, of just like thinking about the year, what went well and what didn't, right? So this isn't, so we can't look just at Google Analytics about this. We have, this is like inside of our hearts and minds. What went well and what didn't this year? Okay, then... Um, we defined, we had a long conversation about who do we make this damn thing for? One person. Okay, so we have about 1,400 Fizzle members. And uh, and we've been around, I don't know how long, uh, like two years or something like that, um, that we've actually been public and had, had members. And maybe more, I, I can't remember, I'm the reader, not a math remember. But we decided on the one person that we built this thing for. Okay, we've had lots. Uh, we've even had conversations on this show before about who those people are, or that. And and we have a guide. Uh, one of my like areas of expertise is uh, defining your target market. This is really the thing that I love more than anything else because all of your all of your copywriting, all of your marketing exploits and and things will come from this. All of your uh, uh, potential design directions and, and what products you make. What, what what tagline should be all this stuff comes from who the person is and one of the that, that you're serving so we have this guide that's for free you can find it on the site uh at fizzle.co slash guides uh on defining your your uh your audience 
one of the big things that I've learned in the last year on this is getting to the one specific person. When you think of one person, you will behave and think differently than if you just uh, thought about like, well, moms who shop at Whole Foods and have more often than not a dog and a child or 2.5 children or something that you don't get intuitions that way. I learned that from Tara Gentili. It's a really good tip. So we thought about who's the one person that we make this for. And just out of out of protecting the innocent, I'll, I'll change the name of the person to uh, Trish. Uh, tr- just Trisha. Let's call her Trisha. Let's do that. Uh, and so we landed. We decided there was like about five people on the table, and we really thought, thought, uh, and all of them, it, really all of the the people in Fizzle that we know and understand their story will color what we do. But when you get to one specific person, it's like a, it's like a, it's like it should be illegal. It's like a, it's like a superpower because if you literally just think of how do I solve this problem for this person, how do I make this person a badass? in what they want to do. Not how do I make them believe that I'm a badass or that I'm awesome. How do I make them a badass to their friends? That changes everything about the way you... Anyways, I'll get into that maybe another day. Kathy Sierra stuff. It's really good. Okay, so then we defined that, Trisha. And finally, we put together uh, our vision statement. Now, you know... Okay, so Chris Gilbo, he talks about the, the in his year plan, two columns... What went well, what didn't. Then the other thing he does is he creates the theme statement. And his theme statements are pretty broad, pretty general, pretty just kind of like all-encompassing. This is going to be the year of transition. This is going to be the year of something, right? Um, I like this idea to get, to get the brain around a thing. But as we discussed so much in the, in the conversation you just listened to, it's really hard to land on something that lasts a whole year that you can actually, like you get halfway, you get three months into the year, like, oh yeah, that's right, I forgot about that. I had to find a vision statement for my life and I didn't remember it until right now. Oh no. And then two weeks later, oh, that's right, I forgot about my vision statement. I should be more diligent about my vision statement, you know. <laughs> another another eagle flying or vulture diving. Um, <laughs> these vision statements, these mission statement type deals, they can be really pointless, but they can be really powerful as well. Okay, and I don't know exactly what makes up a powerful one versus a non-powerful one, but this is the things that that makes me think of. Okay, when your vision statement helps you make actual decisions, it's a big de- it's a big deal. When uh. <laughs> When you're, let me, let me put it this way. I heard a great interview with a, with the founder of a thing called Alt School. And this guy said, uh, here's, here's our, our vision statement here. It's on the wall behind me. It's, uh, uh, hold on. Every, yeah, let me see. Every child should reach their full potential. I don't know. When I heard that, it's so big. It's so impossible. Right. Uh, and recently in our conversations, Corbett was talking about how Google all the way back, back when they got started, like the, the, the vision was to organize all the world's information. Impossible. You're so stupid. How do you think you could do that? 
I, there's something in those kinds of missions that I think are powerful that mobilize us to something bigger than I want to write a blog post and have four people comment on it, uh, you know, which is really probably the light in the middle of my heart about five years ago. It's like, that's all I, all I really wanted, I think, right? So when we get to a vision statement, I gotta hate saying that word. When we get to a, uh, a thematic, uh, I don't know, when we get to like an awesome phrase, <laughs> let's call it an awesome phrase. When you get to an awesome phrase, hello to cheat, this is my awesome phrase. I don't like you, and I don't have to be friends with anybody. That get kind of fell apart there at the end. But when you get to a vision statement or an awesome phrase, I'm going to stick with that. When you get to an awesome phrase, that is scary. Either because it it forces you to think bigger than you currently are or because it forces you to change something that you're currently doing. Uh, That's that's a good sign. And that's what I was hunting for in this. That's what I've wanted for the last several months in Fizzle. Um, And so it's kind of embarrassing to share what ours is, but... uh, but here it is. Okay, let me, let me where I find it. I wrote it down here. Uh, another thing about this uh, vision statement, it's, it, it can basically be like positioning in marketing parlance. Positioning is we're like this, not like that. Okay, uh, so that's what another place where this is this is helpful. If you is it helps you define your place in this market and it helps other people understand your place in the market you exist in. But anyways, what we landed on is, is this and, and, and we're still sort of uh, hashing it, uh, it out and thinking about it, but it's every person should be able to build a business they believe in. Every person should be able to build a business they believe in. We think this is all part of me wants to take this and make it. It's like, this is like changing a tire. This is like talking politely to someone. This is like being able to cook a roast chicken. Everybody should be able to do this. This is like an essential life skill uh, to understand how to make something that people want, how to get people around that thing and find them. Because when you do this, you will experience things. uh, You learn so much that that it's hard to learn in other situations. You can't... It's a very... It's an exceptional tool for discovering things about yourself. So even if you work for... Uh, only for other companies the rest of your life if you if you've worked on this or learned a little bit about it you will it's like an essential skill so anyways every person should be able to build a business they believe in i think i believe that we were fighting back and forth whether or not we believe that and how to phrase it and all that stuff but let me know what you think maybe tweet us at fizzle on twitter so okay let's review here number one take inventory of everything what performed well and what can we learn from that Okay, that's that's looking at your site. If you're writing, if you're podcasting, you're making things, getting them out in the world. You have to be doing that first. That's step zero. You are making things. <laughs> you take inventory of those things. What performed well? What didn't? Make two big lists then. This is step two. What went well and what didn't this year? This is just in your heart, in your mind, looking back on the year, what went well and what didn't? Make those two lists. Can't tell you how nice it is to have a, a team to kind of talk through this stuff with. What's one of our goals is to help you guys uh, organize into teams this year, like partner with people, figure this stuff out together. I think the, uh, the small team is the new solo blogger. Step three, 
Get to one specific person that you make this for. We're talking about a real person. We're not talking about, this is Sam. This, she's my customer avatar. She works in, um, she works in finance and she, um, if she is, doesn't know how she, she doesn't know, she doesn't feel good about the way she, her life is going. And she, uh, is wants question, want, she has questions about, um, about, she wants to live her best life now and she wants to be passionate and make money. Okay, that doesn't, that's not an avatar. That's not, that's not going to help you make decisions. You're talking about a vague idea about a fantasized version of you, all right, which can work. But you got to talk to exactly you three years ago or whatever. But find someone in real life that you know that you can call on the phone or that you can write an email to or that you can just keep as a vision in your head. Print, print their picture out. Put it on the wall. Okay, that's step three. And step four, given that person and all the things that went well and poorly this year and all the things that you made this year, let's put together a vision statement for next year. Okay, this is not generic. It is not weak or limp. It's something scary. It changes what you're currently doing in some way. forces you to make decisions in a way that's different than what you would have naturally been doing. Okay, final note here. Those are the four steps. Final note. Hold on, let me get some. Pow! Just my pants. <laughs> Sorry. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> okay, here's a final note. Listen, Barrett said this a, a while ago, and it's freaking rattled in my brain ever since. He said, work today for the body of work you want to have in five years. I can't remember what episode that was on, but it was on the show. Work today for the body of work you want to have in five years. And this is just killing me. It's rattling around in my brain like a marble in a steel drum because I don't know what I want my body of work to be in five years. I, I, don't, I don't know. I've got some ideas. Uh, I haven't, it's really hard to flesh that out. And I do know that given all of the things that I'm currently making, all of my, my body of work it is right now, this ain't it. This isn't the body of work that I want to have in five years. There's bits of pieces in there in these courses in these podcasts and episodes uh, of, uh, in these articles, in uh, all these conversations, the little honest bits, a little this, that, and the other. But at the same time, they all just kind of feel like blogs and bullshit to me. You know? Don't get me wrong. I am proud. I'm proud of so much of what we make here. You know, people are learning and taking these ideas and turning them into next steps for their businesses, all right? Real stuff's happening. People are sticking with their thing because they don't feel alone, because they listen to this show or because they got this idea from that blog post or because they got that joke or this story or that quote, right? But still, I can do better. We can push further and and make better gifts, which brings me to, remember how Chris Gilbo, he makes that theme statement sort of for his own life, I kind of wanted to make one for me this year. I'm a bit, I'm in a bit of a midlife crisis, even though I'm only 32. What are you, you going to do? All right. Maybe I'm only going to 64. Who knows? But I wanted to do this vision statement for me. So here's what it is. What I got right now, I'm going to sit on it for a little bit, but make better gifts. Three words, done deal. Just fart it out. Make better gifts gifts. This year, I want to make really good gifts. My articles, all the podcasts, the guidebooks and courses, I want to waste time on these, making them very good, making them better than they need to be. Because I really come alive in the details like that. And nothing's better than when a fizzler like Anthony Newman 
finds a hidden Easter egg that I made a long time ago. I went through a lot of work to set up a, uh, let's just call it an account (laughs) for a joke that we've had on the show a long time ago, and he's the only person that has found it with the breadcrumbs in one one single podcast. And I can't believe that he did it. It's amazing. You're my boy, Blue. All right. That's me. It's enough rambling. Uh, Take inventory. Explore your expectations, what went well, what didn't. Pick a person to aim at. And put together a vision, a code, something you stand for this year. All right? What are you going to do? What's yours? What's it going to be? Add it, add it in the comments. Tweet us, at Fizzle. Find us on Facebook and say, like, this is what I'm thinking of. What do you think? Maybe we'll, ha- we'll work out some of the language on these things. Don't make it dumb. Really push yourself. Make it something scary. Not just scary like, oh, big, like, I'm going to change the world. Like, scary, like, actionable. Like, you can do something on it this year. We're not talking about the rest of your life. This year. You can make a social network for your dorm room in your college. Okay? Then next year, we can talk about maybe spreading it out to other dorms. And then finally, the world. That's how Facebook went. History. Fizzleshow.co slash 83 is where you're going to find all the links to the stuff in this show. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 83. We we do have all these uh, resources for the year planning and stuff. Specifically, I do think you should recommend the post that we have there from Chris Gillibo. Gillibo. And uh, the storyline day planner thing is very good. It is good. This will kick your butt. Okay? And, And we all need our butts kicked. All right, and I'll add some notes there on this part, this little rant, the four steps, all right? So you can take that with you, print it up, put it on your wall, take a picture, I don't give up. Life is short, you guys. Make something you believe in. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.